here we are, and it is March 30th, I think. I'm pretty sure. And uh-uh, it's uh, 30th. Yeah, March 30th, and we're reading with Finnegan. Yeah. Because I think, I think you said 29th last time. No, yeah, 29th. That was yesterday, right? Yeah. The 29th. So today would be... 30th. The 30th, and that's why I said that. Okay, and we're reading again with Finnegan. And um, we're continuing chapter five. Chapter five on what's our book? Mm, Cap- the Adventures of Captain Underpants. Yeah, we you're love welcome. Captain. You're welcome. You're welcome. We love Captain Underpants, and get ready, buddy, because you can start reading anytime you want. I'll just sit here and listen to you. I'm right here with you. Remember when I said George and Harold's silly streak got them into big trouble once? Well, this is the story of how that happened and how some huge pranks and a little blackmail turned their principal into the coolest superhero of all time. It's the day of the big football game between the Hortz, Horwitz Knuckleheads and the Seminville Stinkbugs. The bleachers were filled with fans. The cheerleaders ran to the field and shook their pom-poms over their heads. A fine black dust drifted out of their pom-poms and settled all around them. Give me a K, shouted the cheerleaders. K, repeated the fans. Give me an N, shouted the cheerleaders. N, repeated the fans. Give me an uh, uh, achoo, sneezed the cheerleaders. Uh, uh, achoo, repeated the fans. The cheerleaders sneezed and sneezed and sneezed some more. They couldn't stop sneezing. Hey, shouted a fan of the bleachers. Somebody sprinkled black pepper into the cheerleaders' pom-poms. I wonder who did that, asked a fan. <laughs> the cheerleaders stumbled off the field, sneezing and dripping with mucus as the marching band members took their places. But when the band began to play, steady streams of bubbles began blowing out their instruments. Bubbles were everywhere, up and down the field. Marching band slipped and slid, leaving behind a trick veil of wet, bubbly foam. Hey, shouted a fan in the bleachers. Somebody poured bubble bath into the marching band's instruments. I wonder who did that, asked another fan. Soon the teams took the field. The knuckleheads kicked the ball up, up, up the ball Went the ball higher and higher. It went. The ball sailed into the clouds and kept right on going until nobody could see it anymore. Hey, shouted a fan of the bleachers. Somebody filled the game ball with helium. I wonder who did that, asked another fan. But the missing ball didn't make any difference because as the mo- at that moment, the knuckleheads were rolling around. The field scratching and itching like crazy. Hey, shouted the coach. Somebody replaced our deep heating muscle rub lotion with Mr. Prankster's extra scratchy itching cream. We wonder who did that, shouted the fans in the bleachers. The whole afternoon went on much the same way with people shouting everything from hey, somebody put sea monkeys in the lemonade to hey, somebody glued all the bathroom doors shut. Before long, most of the fans in the bleachers had gotten up and left the big game. 
The big game happened up here. And everyone in the entire school is miserable. Everyone, that is, except for two boys giggling. Two giggling boys crouching in the shadows beneath the bleachers. Those were our best pranks yet, laughed Harold. Yep, chuckled George. They'll be hard to top, that's for sure. I just hope we won't get busted for this, said Harold. Don't worry, said George. We covered our tracks really well. There's no way we'll get busted. The next day at school, an announcement came over the loudspeakers. George Beard and Harold Hutchins, please report to Principal Krupp's office at once. Uh-oh, said Harold. I don't like the sound of that. Don't worry, said George. They can't prove anything. George and Harold entered Principal Krupp's office and sat down on the chairs in front of his desk. The two boys had been in the office together countless times before, but this time was different. Mr. Krupp was smiling. As long as George and Harold had Mr. Krupp, they had never, ever seen him smile. Mr. Krupp knew something. I didn't see you boys at the big game yesterday, said Mr. Krupp. Uh, no, said George. We weren't feeling well. Yeah, Harold stammered nervously. Well, we went home. Oh, that's too bad, said Principal Krupp. You boys missed a good game. George and Harold quickly glanced at each other gulped and tried not to, not hard not to look guilty. Lucky for you, I have a videotape of the whole thing, Mr. Krupp said. He turned on the television in the corner and pressed the play button on the VCR. A black and white image appeared on the TV screen. It was an overhead shot of George and Harold sprinkling pepper into the cheerleaders' pom-poms. Next came a shot of Harold... George and Harold pouring liquid bubble bath into the marching band's instruments. How do you like the pre-game show? Asked Mr. Krupp with a devilish grin. George eyed the television screen in terror. He couldn't answer. Harold's eyes were glued to the floor. He couldn't look. The tape went on and on, revealing all of George and Harold's behind-the-scenes antics. By now, both boys were eyeing the floor, squirming nervously and dripping with sweat. Mr. Krupp turned off the TV. You know, he said, ever since you boys came to this school, it's been one prank after another. George, first you put dissected frogs in jello salad at the parent-teacher banquet. Then... You made it snow in the cafeteria. Then you ridged all the intercoms so they played Weird Al Yanvik songs full blast for six hours straight. Weird Al Yankovic. Okay. Yeah, or Yankovic. Four long years. You two have been running a monk in this school, and I've never been able to prove anything. Until now. Mr. Krupp held the videotape in his hand. I took the liberty liberty of installing tiny video surveillance cameras all around the school. I knew I'd catch you two in the act one day. I just didn't know it would be so easy. Mr. Krupp's Chapter 7, A Little Blackmail. 
Mr. Krupp sat back in his chair and chuckled to himself for a long time. Finally, George got up the courage to speak. What are you going to do with that tape, he said. I thought you never asked, Principal Krupp. I've thought long and hard about what to do with this tape, Mr. Krupp said. At first, I thought I'd send copies to your parents. The boys swallowed hard and sank deeply into their chairs. Then I thought I might send a copy to the school board. Mr. Krupp continued, I could get you both expelled for this. The boys swallowed harder and sank deeper into their chairs. Finally, I came to a decision, Mr. Krupp concluded. I think the football team would be very curious to find out just who was responsible for yesterday's fiasco. I think I'll send Wait. a copy to them. Fiasco. 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 It's like something that you do wrong that a lot of people is involved in. You know, kind of a fiasco. Something wrong. I think I'll send a copy to them. George and Harold leaped out of their chairs and fell to their knees. No, cried George. You can't do that. They'll kill us. Yeah, begged Harold. They'll kill us every day for the rest of our lives. <laughs> Mr. Krupp laughed and laughed. Please have mercy, the boys cried. We'll do anything. Anything? cried Principal Krupp. With delight, he reached into his desk, pulled out a list of demands, and tossed it at the boys. If you don't want to be dead as long as you live, you'll follow these rules exactly. George and Harold carefully looked over the list. This this is blackmail, said George. Call it what you like, Principal Krupp snapped. But if you two don't follow that list exactly, then this tape becomes the property of the Horowitz knuckleheads. Chapter 8, Crime and Punishment. At 6 o'clock the next morning, George and Harold dragged themselves out of bed walked over to Mr. Krupp's house and began washing his car. Then while George it scrubbed the tires, Harold roamed around the yard, pulling up all the weeds and crabgrass he could find. Afterward, they cleaned the gutters and washed all the windows on Mr. Krupp's house. Hmm. At school, George and Harold sat up straight, listened carefully, and spoke only when spoken to. They didn't tell jokes. They didn't pull pranks. They didn't even smile. Their teacher kept pinching herself. I just know this is a dream, she said. At lunch, the two boys vacuumed Mr. Krupp's office, shined his shoes, and polished his, de polished his desktop at recess. They clipped his fingernails and ironed his tie. Each spare moment in the boys' daily shuttle was spent catering to Mr. Krupp's... Catering. Catering. Yeah, it means like doing something Mr. for Krupp's somebody. every wound. After school, George and Harold mowed Mr. Krupp's lawn, tended his garden, and began painting the front of his house. At sunset, Mr. Krupp came outside and handed the boys... Each boy a stack of books. Gentlemen, he said, I've asked your teachers to give you both extra homework. Now go home, study hard, and I'll see you back here at 6 o'clock tomorrow morning. we got a busy day ahead of us. 
Thank you, sir, moaned the toy boys. George and Harold walked home dead tired. Man, this is the worst day of my entire life, said George. Don't worry, said Harold. We only have to do this for eight more years. Then we can move away to, to some far-off land where they'll never find us. Maybe in Arctica. I've got a better idea, said George. <sighs> he took a piece of paper out of his pocket and handed it to Harold. It was an old magazine ad for the 3D hypnoring. How is this going to help us, asked Harold. All we got to do is hypnotize Mr. Crop. It said George will make him give us the video and forget this whole mess ever happened. That's a great idea, said Harold. And the best part is we only have to wait four to six weeks for delivery. All right, are you good? Uh, yeah, hmm. we're at chapter nine now. There's some good stuff going on. I think there. I read five chapters. The building is on fire. I said, no, what? <laughs> That's probably what it was like when those kids uh, were uh, doing some messing around, huh? Oh, well, you sound great. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. We'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Okay.